Time now for the morning line here on KMA. State Representative Devin Wood was among lawmakers present at Saturday's legislative coffee in Clorinda, one of two that were held in KMA land and uh, on Saturday. She joins us on the line this morning with more on the latest happenings at the State House. Good morning to you, Devin. Good morning, Mike. Good to have you with us. And uh, first of all, a lot of things going on. How would you describe the pace of uh, the activities in this year's legislative session so far? You know, I would say I would say it's been very steady. Um, it's very typical for us to spend um, quite a bit of our time in the beginning um, portion of the session, uh, very hard at work in committees and subcommittees. So you don't often see us uh, debating in the full house on the floor. Uh, and uh, and now we've reached that time past that uh, past that uh, strictly committee and subcommittee work to get those bills uh, floor eligible and we're we're doing a little more debate we've we've done uh, uh, a few a few days of, of uh, solid debate and uh, and caucusing activity um, the last uh, uh, two weeks and and I really think it's to be expected. One of the major developments this past week in the Iowa House is that it did approve a 3% increase in supplemental state aid for fiscal 2025. I know Tom Moore talked about that a lot at the coffee or the, the briefing in uh, Shenandoah on Saturday. Where did you stand on this particular level? Did, is is this a level that you supported? Absolutely. So um, I, I did support this on the floor. I mean, when it came to talking to our, our uh, school districts and our folks, um, would I have liked to have seen a little bit more than that? Yes. Um, but, you know, when we talk to our colleagues and what uh, what everybody's willing to come to as an agreement, um, you know, I would have liked to have seen a, a bit more. But uh, I know that they can I know they can live with three percent. And I also was happy um, that we were able to give them um, a little more flexibility in things like, uh, you know, um, uh, with their teacher pay and whatnot, um, we we do we do have to make sure that we're um, cognizant of that. And uh, and at three percent, uh, they were able to have a little more flexibility than us, uh, uh, you know, putting it in maybe another section. Um, so that's that's one of the things that we kept in mind, along with a lot of other conversations. And um, we've been we've been working pretty closely with our with our school folks to make sure that we're um, in tune with what uh, what they're saying. This is this is going to be for them. So. Now, uh, the governor and uh, the state Senate have both proposed a two point five percent increase. How much work needs to be done to get everybody you know, in the same vein and for everybody to agree to 3%, you believe that's possible? I certainly hope so. You know, like I said, that was, that was part of what, uh, what our conversations um, have been. And, um, and uh, I, I think we absolutely have to come to the table. Um, you know, I mean, we've got to, we've got to talk about why, why, uh, why we're a proponent of the three and, um, and maybe where their uh, budgetary, you know, needs would differ. Um, I will say that this is also something that, uh, based on our conversations um, about, uh, I mentioned that teacher pay section. Well, um, that's something that, you know, is a separate bill in the House um, that was bundled with a few other topics in the Senate um, and the governor's original proposal. Um, and, and this is one of those things that when we delved into education items, 
um, this is reflective. We were able to um, shift around a little money from a teacher pay proposal that is uh, connected with an AEA proposal over on that side um, and actually put some of it towards um, more SSA on this side, which, as, as I mentioned, I felt like it gave them a little more leeway. Um, you know, we've, we've uh, uh, taken, um, taken the time to really look at how, which, which kind of a, an option would be best for our school folks and, and putting it in one program here where our school districts can really spend it the way that they need to for those, um, for those uh, staff and educators um, that's that's kind of what we ultimately decided, and and we'll have to come to the table because on on the other side of the building, it's still in that other proposal, uh, money wise. So um, I think we really have the same goal that we want to see, um, you know, our schools um, uh, get some new funding and um, and and be able to use it in the way that they need it. Um, as with a lot of things around that building, we each have our own separate ideas on how to do it. <laughs> now, uh, do you believe that the that there is enough money? Uh, in uh, that bill, the teacher, the teacher compensation bill, to ensure that the smaller school districts uh, can cover that, because that's been one of the concerns expressed by some of the superintendents I've talked to, is they don't feel that there is enough money to, to pay to get everybody up to $47,550,000, as it is in the House version. Yeah, no, that's a that's a very good uh, that's a very good question, and that's one that I've I've received as well. Um, I mean, I I'll I'll start by this. I think that's part of the reason why um, we decided, um, you know, to go the way we did with the with the SSA route. Um, when I say shuffling a little of that money around, um, as you know, the SSA portion is something that uh, um, we we fund um, every year, um, and that's that's money coming, um, you know. Very, very obviously every year. So um, us shifting it over a little and committing to, um, you know, doing that again next year and talking about where we can build from um, from that step, I should say, is um, is a little bit where we looked at um, when we were having those conversations as opposed to it being a one-time new money um, in, in that other fashion. Um, and and I think that uh, I think that there's still a lot of conversations to be had. Um, I mean, absolutely, I'm very excited to to be talking about uh, uh, increase in teacher pay. I mean, we've we've got to do something to um, to not only reward our first year teachers, um, as is is evident in that uh, first proposal and the and the new uh, uh, conversation, um, but we've got to make sure that we're rewarding our longevity folks as well. Um, I mean, I know I've got a couple family members who have been in the teaching profession for, um, you know, 30 plus years, and, and uh, I absolutely want to see them be rewarded for that. Um, and so I think that we're still having discussions, still talking with, um, with our schools and our superintendents, as you mentioned, um, to make sure it's going to be something sustainable. Because, I mean, the goal here is to, is to reward, reward folks and bring people to the profession. Um, it's absolutely um, not something we want to uh, give to our, our school districts and then it ending up being a, a burden um, going down the road to try and upkeep. So um, I want to see us increase teacher pay. I also want to make sure that we um, continue to have those conversations so we do it in a way that's sustainable. One bill that you supported that passed the Iowa House last week would let 16- and 17-year-olds temporarily be in charge of children under the age of five in child care centers. This is something you pushed for. How did this legislation come about? Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, we had child care centers that came to us um, that already have these 16 and 17 year olds working there, um, and were mentioning us to us that um, you know they they uh, were encountering a, a difficult situation when um, possibly another person who's 18 plus years old um, needs to do something like run to the bathroom during nap time, um, walk walk right outside the room to grab a snack off the cart, etc. And um, and leaving that room for a brief period of time um, was not going to, um, you know, change the uh, the number of people that are required um, in to be in a room with X number of children. There's a there's a, a chart that the uh, uh, Department of, of Health and Human Services requires facilities to adhere to, um, and they were simply saying that in a time when it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't affect the number of of people that are required to be there, maybe they had one extra person in the room already. Um, should we not um, be able to run outside to uh, outside of that room, um, you know, right next door to the bathroom, or again to grab a snack, especially during times like nap time um, when you know a majority of the uh, the children are, are resting or there's um, you know uh, quiet time, et cetera. Um, and uh, and that was something that we were we were able to have a good discussion with um, uh, with folks about and uh, and I did support that you know these these 16 17 year olds are um, are you know are, are trained um, they're they're you know being responsible in there um, and uh, and just making sure that it, we had the flexibility for them to um, watch for a brief moment of absence which actually the department already defines as five minutes or less so um, to me, it felt like something that was a no-brainer to make sure that that um, other person in the conversation is able to, like I said, run to the restroom during a nap time, um, and and it would not change the number of of uh, you know folks watching those five-year-olds and under children. Devin, we've run out of time. Thank you very much for being with us this morning, and we will talk to you again real soon. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks, Mike. You have a great morning. That's State Representative Devin Wood on the morning line on KMA.